This episode of Star Trek The Next Conversation is brought to you by the good folks at Ripley's. They have been our sponsors since before sponsors were sponsoring things. And I say, it's time you believe it. You can head over to Ripley's for their away team special by bringing 10 people for only $100. That's right. You can beam an away team to the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum in Hollywood, California for only $100. And that away team can include 10 people. That means you could have six crewmen, two officers, one Riker, and maybe even a special lady for that Riker. And you could get them all in for only $100. It's the away team special. Simply go to the front desk, tell them you heard about them on Star Trek, the next conversation. Tell them you are here for the away team special and mention Riker's sexy new season two beard. And you can get up to 10 people into the Ripley's Auditorium at Ripley's Hollywood for only $100. Andy, let's do the show. Let's do it. Podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everybody, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation Weird Inflection Episode Hello <laughs> I'm Andrew Skunda Matt Myra Okay, that's enough of that That'd be a terrible alien species <laughs> I don't know that we haven't seen that Counselor <laughs> Why are they doing that? <laughs> they feel a need to be quirky, sir They feel a need A need for speed See that Top Gun episode? <laughs> um, we're uh, on our lunch break. We're at. Uh, I'm on fabulous. My lunch break. Andy shouldn't even be I know. here. I'm off on script. I was called in because this is the only time that we can record because Matt's Matt's globe trotting back and forth between coasts, shooting after Trek. I'll be Sundays after New York Star Sunday Trek Discovery until Monday morning. Boston Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday L A back to New York Friday night. It's crazy. So, not a lot of time to cast a pod, except for right now. So we're going to jump right in. Go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, and join the Admirals Club. If you want to become a member of the Admirals Club, just go to iTunes. Yes, please. Leave us five stars. You can say whatever you want. You can say something controversial. It doesn't matter. You're still going to be in the Admirals Club. If you want to be heard, yeah, really, do do leave a five star review and say something shitty. Well, you have a better chance of being heard. We are both self hating, but I would encourage you to say something positive because uh, you don't need to add on to the the stuff that's already going if on. If you in can our find heads. it within yourself, I mean, I couldn't write a five star review of Times Squared. No, well, you could, but it would be negative. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, here's one from Two T's. Um, this is Maze Balls. This is the best Andrew Secunda podcast ever. <laughs> it's, 
my only one. The best Matt Myra podcast is James Bonding. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I love you both. I love you both, so keep doing both. Uh, also, write a summary of what you want in a trek episode. See what I did there? You're welcome to use it. Admiral Elliot Ness. Oh, that's interesting. What would you want in a trek episode? Well, I mean, that's a global discussion, I think. We should sort of save that topic for... A, a non-lunch break episode sounds good really stretch out our legs best friends by anime fan 77 i'm andrew i got my best friend matt oh funny into listening uh, to podcasts with myra we both love tng and now we both love tnc please keep going despite myra's insane schedule i look forward to the new app every week then we have a couple of united federation of planets president circle wow. entries Actually, we only have one, and it's from Tish Wheeler, who sent us $50. Thank you, Tish. Tish, you you paid for some of the production of one of these episodes. She did. Um, She said it's it's extra uh, lunch money, she describes it as. And uh, she also wrote us a note. Hey, fellas, I forgot to refresh my podcast on Monday, so I got a bonus episode yesterday. Yay! I think it's sweet that you two keep working so hard to make this podcast happen every week. Um... Also, I know it was way back in January for you, but I was re-listening to episode one a week or two ago. Stopped to look at Tasha's stunt double and that crazy helmet. You guys didn't know the time code. It's about 2152. (laughs) Uh, You're right. It's brief, but wackadoo. Wackadoo. It's a great word. Cuckoo burn. Um, And that's the Admirals Club. Captain, we are being hailed. Boy, he's getting better and better at this. Um, it's a lunch break. I have no time. Uh, guys, this is, oh, by the way, this is um, because of the accelerated schedule. We haven't really had time, although that was, uh, luckily, Tish's uh, donation popped right up. Um, she donated to sdtncpod at gmail.com through PayPal. Um, um, we haven't had really new emails to come in because we just recorded the other one yesterday. Yeah, we did last night. Honestly, less than less than less than sixteen hours ago, we were recording. That's true. So we both crammed another we episode. Realized we wouldn't have a chance, and here we are, hoping to get things done for you peoples. So these are some old uh, hails. Uh, I I try to keep track, so if we don't get time for stuff, I can dig in again. Guys, greetings from the UK. I wanted to leave a voicemail, but I don't have one of those sexy British accents that you guys like so much. Mm-hmm. I've I have a Birmingham accent, pronounced. Birmingham. Yep. Have I not read this one before? <laughs> and speech impediments, pronounced peach impediment. That uh, I don't remember. I don't. Okay. I remember the Burnham. Anyway, really enjoy the podcast, even though I've never been a fan. Closest I've come to Star Trek is watching British comedy Red Dwarf. Oh, you guys should talk about that. Smegheads. What do you mean, you guys? Isn't that what he says? Doesn't he ask us about Red Dwarf? If either of us like Red Dwarf? Uh, he doesn't ask us, but I guess it's implied. Oh, interesting. <laughs> this is sounding familiar to me as well, is what I'm saying. Huh. I asked Matt, because the, really the the long and the short of it is um, that he suggested off of a conversation we had at the time, my theme song. Wait a second. Hang what? on. I think we have pl- we have played the theme song. All right, well, play Let's the theme refresh song. everybody's memory. Okay. I believe it is a chipmunk singing Lonely. Yeah. Go ahead. Yes. We have read this one before. Yeah, but hey, let's remind everybody that this would be Andy's song. But you know what? They're- Andy, take your Batmobile-looking Batmobile vehicle. 
roll the windows down and I want you to roll down Sunset Boulevard real slow <laughs> with that song pumping out of the Lexus. <laughs> hey. Hey, how are you doing? My name's Andy. Where are you guys going? Uh, we gotta go in here. The, it seems like the a closed jewelry store. I don't. It seems like it's locked. <laughs> you sure you don't need a lift anywhere? <laughs> um, well, I don't know. I I don't know. I feel like we haven't played this. There were two other tweets at us at the time that were two alternate songs. One which was a Motorhead song. Well, how else would they have known to? tweet us about this no i mean i think it was off of a oh you were saying if it, it wasn't was off of this no i think it was because it was an original conversation we had in a podcast that had nothing to do with well, any submissions play it let's see what we got. very different tone. you never struck me as a lemmy <laughs> i don't know i like that one and then the last one is uh, probably the most on theme. Um, mm. And uh, it's an Andrew W.K. hit I'm sure we all are familiar with. I love New York City. Oh, yeah. New York City. I love New York City. Such a positive City. guy, this guy. Oh, is he still positive? Yeah. Well, I know he's still positive. Is he still around? Yeah. Is he kicking just still successful? or He does what he do. All right. Good for you, Andrew WK. Um, so feel free to send in your own suggestions for my theme song, and you may get them played three or four times because I'm so disorganized. Well, that's on both of us. <sighs> Fair enough. Um, and then there's a, an old Prime Corrective. Oh, wow. Time for a retrospective. Uh, I actually do. You, you only like the prime correctives to be correctives of us because this is a corrective of the show itself. Correct. I like the prime corrective to correct you or I. All right, then the. But I'll, I'll hear it. It was a misplay of the theme. Then, dear Matt and Andy, finally listening to the show and absolutely love it. Even the first season slog episodes. My that was a long time ago. My apologies if someone has already noted this correction. Um, it's not for you. It's for data. Um, in home soil when describing humans this is the one with the crazy thing that described us as ugly bags of most water yeah uh, ugly giant bags of mostly Mostly water water. data says um, the description is apt as we are 90% made up of water surrounding surrounded by a container adult humans are 57 to 60% made up of water oh shit babies are much higher between 75 and 80% dropping on average to 65% by age one Data really blew it. Oh, I am not going to let that go when I see him in 10 forward tonight. Sincerely, Adam. Um, and uh, that is. Do, do, Andy Solo. Frequencies closed, sir. It's a hail. That was pretty quick, huh, Matt? That was a pretty good hail. Uh, I'm happy to jump on in to Episode Town if you'd like. Uh, yeah. Uh, is your computer working? We're having all sorts of Not issues yet, today. But I can certainly read from Larry Nemechek's Star Trek The Next Generation Companion Revised Edition. Okay. And tell you that the Icarus Factor 
is production number 140, and it aired the week of April 24th, 1989. The star date was 42686.4. Andy? Yeah? What was happening in your neck of the woods? Well, like a prayer was... See if I get a commercial. No, no commercial. I don't. I, I don't believe that for thing. even a second. I can't believe you didn't get a commercial. I, I don't know if this is an official version of the video. <laughs> it sounds like a prayer was uh, number one. And uh, see, U.S. President George Bush. We already know that. Uh, Eternal Flame by the Bangles, still hanging in in the U.K. Field of Dreams, directed by Phil Alden Robinson. One of the most viewed movies released in 1989. Satanic Verses by Salman Rushdie was still one of the best-selling books. And uh, on TV, people were watching The Storyteller, the Jim Henson. Right? That's the Jim Henson show? With with Shelley Duvall? Yes. I believe. I'm going to agree with Andy. If we're wrong, send your private correctives to Andy. I don't know either of these things. If you like video games, you were probably playing... The Astyanax? No, I have, that doesn't work. I, don't, I have no recollection of or that. Or BAT. If this seems like a subpar this day in track, it's because um, it's uh, it's from me last minute trying to find it, and not from our usual um, Lieutenant Matthew Kirk, who is <laughs> usually sends in the uh, this is nice enough to do it for us. What do you think the Magic actual Kirk. time of my computer having restarted has been? Because we've been recording for was, 11 minutes, 12 minutes. It's probably 20 minutes, huh? Oh, I think over. Crazy. I had suggested he should go for the shut it down in the middle and reboot, but he's the Mac genius, and he said no. All right, everybody. Directed by Robert Iscove. Teleplay by David Azel and Robert L. McCullough. Story by David Azel. Uh, when Riker is offered command of his own ship, the Enterprise heads for Starbase Montgomery to meet the civilian strategist who will brief him on the assignment. The strategist turns out to be his father, Kyle, whom Riker hasn't seen in 15 years. Time has not softened the first officer's hostility towards the old man, and his, he summarily rejects his father's efforts for reconciliation. As Dr. Pulaski, an old flame of Kyle's, and Troy ponder... Why, number one, is so bitter, Wesley, LaForge, and Data try and diagnose the reason for Worf's increased tenseness. When they discover that Worf is out of sorts because he missed a ritual marking the decade since his age of ascension, they surprise him, setting up a reenactment of the Klingon spiritual rite on the holodeck. As Troy and Pulaski compare notes on their men, Riker's continued rebuffs lead Kyle to challenge his son to an Anbo Jiu-Jitsu match, a martial art that a younger man has never beat him at. The two finally resolve their feelings for each other, and number one stuns the bridge crew by being an idiot and returning to the Enterprise. That was colored by me. Larry I, didn't call him an idiot. I guess that, although that would not be the le- the least accurate description. Uh, one thought I also have is uh, because Matt's still waiting for his computer to boot up. Do you want to just do play off of his thing? Um, no, that's all right. I can kill so much time. Don't worry about it. All right. I just usually you're the one who's cues up the cues. I sure I don't do. Know cue if up I want the cues. that responsibility. 
Uh, here, Riker, for the second time, this is all, uh, this is some color for you for this episode. Okay. From Larry. All right. Riker, for the second time, refuses to command post this one on the Aries. We learned that his mother died when he was two and he left home at age 15. The almost forgotten Riker-Troy relationship gets a shot in the arm here as he confides to her his fears about advancement. And she and Pulaski compare notes about them. That note where, that note, that scene where he's saying goodbye to Troy. Uh-huh. F- like, it was acted in such an odd way that it felt like he or she was a holodeck character. <laughs> what bothered you about it? He or she was a holodeck character, and the other one was, like, rehearsing for how the goodbye would go. That's, yeah, all That's right. That's what it felt like. I gotta tell you, of all the terrible scenes in this episode, that one kind of got me. I don't know if I was just in the right state of mind. I got oh, that's slightly. 100% it. You were under fluorescent lights and at work when you shouldn't be here. It could be. It could be. And so I was that's particularly enough. emotionally vulnerable. I watched that scene. Everything else in this in this episode is fucking crazy. Just completely crazy. But um, but that scene, I was kind of like, oh, they're saying goodbye. <laughs> they're doomed lovers. <laughs> uh the Tholians, a hot planet race with a possible hive mind culture, who were introduced in the original series episode called the Tholian Web, are mentioned here in connection with a conflict a dozen years earlier, an attack that almost killed Kyle Riker and introduced him to Pulaski. The Tholians would occasionally pop up in conversation later on in peak performance and reunion. The show's oh, interesting. This show's hoopla included a visit by Entertainment Tonight cameras who were following et host and unabashed trek fan john tesh through the two hours of makeup necessary to turn him into one of Worf's ascension chamber tormentors tesh all six feet six of him is the klingon closest to the viewer on the left thanks to the klingon shortage caused by the simultaneous shooting of star trek 5 wardrobe was one running low and two of the klingons got to wear old planet of the apes boots Huh. That's kind of cool. Uh, I can't believe one of them was John Tesh. That is insane. It's spectacular. Longtime character actor Michael Ryan, who plays Kyle Riker, may be best known as the villain in Lethal Weapon. Lance Spielberg appeared as Chief Herbert once before, and as the Iconian artifact in Contagion, Sternbark filled the Anbo Jiu-Jitsu mats in the gymnasium set pieces with a myriad of anime references in Japanese. <gasps> That's so fascinating. Um, I've, mainly, never, I've never seen his eyes light up. Uh, well, I mean, maybe it's not that fascinating. It's uh, apropos because uh, we'll, we'll get to it, but there's a one, the one scene where, um, where uh, Wesley runs after Worf and is pointlessly provoking him and Worf is acting completely out of control. Yeah. Uh, I was like, they feel like anime characters in this scene. And oh, that's interesting. They're just like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. But, but you have to do this. Yeah. And, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, they really do. That's an interesting note about performance, Andy. Um, and then at the end, we end with the uh, anime uh, fight scene. That that uh, we Disengage. That? Uh, you just want to end? <laughs> <laughs> Did I jump too far ahead? Should you watch this? Uh, no. We don't need to watch this. Life's short. I would go outside. honestly. I would just go to the last scene for the fight scene and the "I love you, son." While they're wearing these 
ridiculous helmets. Do you want to take the helm sure. of there? Okay. Yeah, I'll just turn it. I'll angle it over here. Okay. I might have to switch over because my notes are on the other page. Oh, that's all right. All right. Let me crank this up, We are en route to Starbase Montgomery for engineering consultations prompted by minor readout anomalies. Minor readout anomalies. I would consider them insignificant. What if you're wrong? Sorry. But what if it is more than a mere discrepancy? Then I'd say we have a problem. Agreed. We will have Starbase Montgomery give us an independent reading. Even if the molecular level controls have failed, we can still recrystallize the dilithium without outside help. Don't worry, Data. My ego isn't at stake here. Perhaps we can reprogram the system to... See, he says that, but Andy, I feel like what he shows us throughout the rest of this episode is that he, in fact, his ego is ridiculous. Very sensitive about the whole thing. He has the ego of a TV comedy writer. He He does. Um... So that's the that's the major. The rest of the things were all emotional issues. So this is the major crisis: is that there are minor readout anomalies on the ship, and they spend a lot of time talking t- about it. I got to tell you, I've never seen higher stakes. <laughs> and then the the threat is: there are these people talking about the. The minor readout anomalies, trying to figure out what's wrong with the... Why, that's Jordy's Enterprise, and here they are, manhandling it after he said, yeah, it'll be fine, Do, uh, bring him on board. Also funny about it is, like, it's quickly explained away at the very beginning. Well, right. if it is, then we'll just do this. We'll just make this adjustment. Also, we can do this if need be. Right. And then we circle back to it, not to, not to give you a spoiler, at the end, and that is exactly where it lands. And it's kind of like, oh boy, we didn't even need to bring them on board, which would be hilarious if it was built in any kind of hilarious way, as opposed to just a pointless journey down to technical minor difficulty. Um, just yeah. terrible. Okay, so that's your terrible writing. That's your D storyline. Let's go ahead and 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 pop back over here and take a look at the. Oh, before you do, uh, yeah. one other thing in that scene is, yeah. uh, Data says, um, "I would consider the problems insignificant," and uh, Riker kind of snaps at him. What if you're wrong? And he goes, "Sorry," and then Data's kind of like gives him a look. Why is he sorry? Like he's just saying, "What if you're wrong?" And it's almost like oh, it's I like think suggesting I think that that's data might be wrong. Charming Riker, charming Riker, going like, "What am I talking about? You're a machine. You're never wrong." Mm-hmm. That's his sorry. But data can be wrong. No. All right. I've decided he can't. From um, here on out. Okay. Let's get into it here. Hop, uh, hop into your, hop into your, Where do hop you into your. Uh, I want to hear him invite, uh, invite uh, Riker. Up to that. Yeah, that is that is a good moment. Boss Power, uh, will you join me in the observation lounge when you're done? <laughs> I want to hear just a second back because I feel like without variables. Well, that's certainly another option. But as we are stopping at Starbase Montgomery anyway, we'll let them do the analysis. I don't recall Starbase Montgomery being on the mission itinerary. <sighs> I think we could all use a twelve-hour layover. Besides, I've just received some personnel transfer directives. Priority matter. Boarding or disembarking? Captain Picard, we're within hailing range of Starbase Montgomery. Go to half impulse power. Uh, will you join me in the observation lounge when you're done? 
So Picard knows that he's his father's coming. Yes. Um, but I, I think got, this is more, he's playing this more about him getting command. He's, you think it's more about that? Yeah. Um, either way, I think Patrick Stewart does a magnificent job in this scene of playing the awkwardness of something that's not appropriate for me to talk to to you about in front of Jordy and Data, and you're asking a lot of questions, and I we're really going to Star Starbase Montgomery to deal with this other stuff. It's right. just it's a lot of levels, and I think he plays the awkwardness really well, and I'm impressed. It's almost like Patrick Stewart is good at acting. <laughs> well, I guess I'm saying I empathize. You're really blowing my mind here. With him in that scene because, uh, honestly, a lot of my day is spent going, oh, I should say, should I say this? No. no that's an, Andy, no, we've I'm never well, gotta, really had your notes in front of me, but I feel mm-hmm. like you're missing a point here. Which one? When it's part of your, your shipping of Riker and, and Patrick Stewart. When at the end of the scene. Oh, yeah, what's well, right here? Yeah, I'm about to get to it. What did I write? <laughs> uh, will you join me in the observation lounge when you're done? Riker's thinking, it's happening. It's finally happening. There you go. <laughs> he is going to get it on. He's got a great look when... Uh... Also, play the, um, play the scene in the observation lounge. Okay. There's a beat of Picard just... What is he staring at? He's, he I mean, tends is he just to looking, always be staring looking at the into stars space? and doesn't turn around before. But there, he's not. His angle is not to the stars; it's to the screen. Yeah. He's staring at a blank screen. Number one, I've just that would been be amazing if that's what we see. The arrival of a new first officer on board the Enterprise and a manual docking, confidently achieved. Remember when I made you go through that purposeless task? Oh. Well, it I'm finally has purpose. Two years later, miserly in my congratulations then, so let me make up for it now. Yeah. Uh, no, he's looking out the window. The captain of the starship Ares is retiring. Congratulations. Isn't Ares the god of war? Selected as his replacement. Mm-hmm. The Ares. She's in the Vega Omicron sector. Mm-hmm. And they have picked up indications of intelligent life form, though nothing confirmed. Obviously, Starfleet will want to know more. Well, that's why they're asking for you. Not for your military proficiency, but for your skill as an explorer and as a diplomat. Vega Omicron. That'll take months at high warp just to get there. Oh, no guarantee of finding anything when you arrive. Well, you have 12 hours to think it over. And if it's not too premature, congratulations, Captain. It's interesting that Starfleet is structured so that he has a choice at all. Yeah. Yeah. And it, the amount... You forget how many times he uh, flirts with being a captain. Yeah. In this series. And now uh, this is the second time in two seasons. It's crazy. So when's the, what was the first time? I don't know. I'm just going by uh, Larry Nemechek's writing. Right. Telling me that it was the second time. Um, you take the helm. I'm not coming. Oh, well, you know, here's the deal. I don't think there's a ton that's super My next thing would be the wharf. There, there, he's, he, he has the scene with his father. I will very briefly play the, the, the father arrival. Him. Bad. You're the civilian advisor, the strategic attaché? I asked Captain Picard to keep it quiet. I didn't want to make you nervous, excited. It's been 15 years. Excitement is hardly the appropriate emotion. You've done well. First officer on the Enterprise. Quite a feather in your cap. I've worked hard. He is a dick almost immediately. Of course. 
Here's how this relationship would make sense from word fucking one. Okay. Kyle Riker's jealousy of Riker should stem from the fact that for some reason or another, Kyle could never get into Starfleet Academy. And he wanted nothing more than to have a career in Starfleet. That is a great fix. And it would make the whole story make more sense. Right. Because right now it's just bullshit. Yeah. It's total bullshit. Yeah, and they start with, and I kind of was impressed that in the middle of the story when Troy is kind of confronting him, that they make it that he is competitive with his son and he is a, a messed up dude. And then by the end, it's like, no, it's just because, uh, you know, we both lost your mother. And it's like, no, you're a dick to your son. Yeah. You're covetous of your son's accomplishments. You always want to be a big but shot. But I mean, why not? If you do that, though, it really is a fix. It's a catch-all for this yeah. fucking character that makes no sense. Totally. Or he was in Starfleet, but he never really, or you know, maybe politics. Maybe he, he never... had to get out to take care of Will. Then the oh, resentment is like, too. the fucking the resentment is there. Yeah, his mother I'm... died, and now he's like, I got to take care of you. And he doesn't go back to the Starfleet. And w- right, and Will calls him out on it, like you're, you know, his 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 like, yeah, nervous and excited. What are you talking I'm about? Proud. But like, why would this guy even think if you'll that? Excuse me, I've got my duties to attend to. Is it suggested that they haven't seen each other in fifteen years? Correct. Have <laughs> security arrange an escort for this gentleman. Also, they have this whole scene in front of the transporter chief that is not O'Brien. Right, and that even reason. though the uh, Netflix thing says it's O'Brien calling from the bridge. Oh, does it? Yeah, it says O'Brien transported to two, sir. The so and so is ready to beam over. It says O'Brien colon. Fascinating. It's not. All right, so here's here's our B plot of this episode. And by the way, the reason that they don't have O'Brien, and I was like, why is O'Brien not transporting him in, is because they have to have O'Brien later in ten forward go. What's the problem? And if he had seen that scene, then he wouldn't have uh, asked that question. However, I don't understand why we're spending time with O'Brien anyway. We have all these other major characters that we're not even dealing with. Plus, O'Brien is involved in the other story. A hundred percent true. Worf. Did you hear about Commander Riker's promotion? Yes. He didn't know his father was coming. He was completely surprised. This does so, sound like anime, you you're right. if it was your father? I never knew my father. And I didn't have a father long enough to know him. It is a waste of time to think of such things. I wasn't thinking about it, but everybody needs somebody. Enough! <laughs> but I don't understand why you would talk to me that way. Hey, did you guys see that Worf? Worf's really mean. I don't understand why he's so mean right now. Do you guys think it's mean that he's like, why is he annoyed by me? I don't think he's annoyed by me. Jordy, are you annoyed by me? What are you doing? Why are these guys in here? Oh, I'm trying to work on my engine room. Oh, now Troy's mean. And here, this this scene doesn't fit this character. No. Him shaking hands. Him glad-handing everybody. Ugh. Doesn't make any sense for the character they're trying to illustrate. By the way, that would have been another another good thing. And it would have explained something about Riker's character, why he's such a smarm head. If his father was this... You know, fake con man kind of, you know, friends with everybody guy. And also, but the other thing, too, is like, I could see this if we're doing the character that I'm doing, then he wants to be friends with all these Starfleet people because he wanted to be in Starfleet. That is also true, man. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Great to see you. <laughs> now, here's the craziest thing in the whole episode. A long time. Pulaski puts her Romulan ale down and exhales. You think this is a Romulan ale? This is more than a surprise. It's total shock. 
You mean you didn't bake me a cake? You're actually here. That makes two of us. How about a drink? How about a kiss? A kiss? Right off the bat? How long has it been? <laughs> they know each other. No kidding. Well, I know her too, but we don't do that. <laughs> what does that mean? It's good, it's good Chief O'Ryan. <laughs> what is that shot? I don't even understand what he's like, at. I don't kiss her when I see her. You look wonderful. He's saying they must more than know each other, Riker. Right. Huh? That's your dad. Stroke your beard, Rike. Um, did you want me to keep rolling? No, you don't. You can do anything you want. You want to hop over to your notes, see what's it doing? Go Let's for see. it. My sure. point on this episode is that there's so many inconsistencies with the character of Kyle Riker that I find the whole story hard to buy. 100%. I think that, you know, he's a gruff, you know, mean whatever, but everyone on Intent Forward loves him. He's been with Dr. Pulaski for some amount of time. Dr. Pulaski has now been serving on board the Enterprise for six months and hasn't said a word to Will, even though she says there was no opportunity, and he's making eggs for her in the last episode talking about his father. Oh, my God, you're totally right. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, that that statement of it wasn't a secret, it just never came up, was the most just convenience of a writer oh, yeah. writing. I mean, we're Anyway, in... but for you to say that the previous episode, when they were setting up his father, they put Pulaski in that scene... Oh, what a! There's nobody at that at that helm of the friggin' TV show. What's yeah. going on? So there's no the the engineering problem is not a real problem. Essentially, this is an emotional problem with both characters, Worf and Riker. Um, should we play the stuff where Wesley's like, play "Hey a little guys, bit. hey guys," just because I really want to show and it has just nothing how nothing to do with Commander Riker's new assignment. No, his reaction was just the opposite of mine. So, by the he way. Affected. See, Wes, with all that's going on... This is the second scene of Wes trying to convince them that something's going on with Worf. He is not normal for Worf. There is, of course, a genetic predisposition toward hostility among all Klingons, but Worf has been unusually out of sorts. Monty's never been much on charm. Well, whatever is troubling him, I think we should try to help. He is our friend. I, for one, want to keep him friendly. Jordy is being super down on the Klingon oh, temperament. I in think this it's episode. not that he's down on the temperament. I honestly think he's emotionally. Go- I'm giving them more credit than they deserve. He's going through something right now because everybody poking around his engines. So he's just being snippy. Yeah. Well, that that would be great if that's my buy. I'm going to write a couplet, send it into the past. <laughs> <laughs> That really is all it would take. I know. That's what's crazy. A couple of his two lines of dialogue. If all they would need is just something to connect those things, someone say. Well, speaking, You're of, just speaking of Henri, Jordy, yeah. what's going on with you? Right. Well, this I'm dealing with my engines. These are my yeah. engines. I take care of them. I'm sorry. But, but anyway. by the way, he takes several shots in this episode, and when he sees the Klingons later, he goes, "Cute bunch," and it's just like I think Jordy's a little bit of a racist against Klingons. Certainly, Pulaski is, who later basically says, well, I'm glad we've evolved past that when he st- when she's yeah. talking about yeah. those, those barbarians. I'm like, what, what's going on? We've been, you, they've been at peace at them, with them for like, how long? 87 years? Mm, no. Well, I guess if the treaty with um, the Kittimer Accords happened, I guess, yeah. in Star Trek VI-ish. They've been, I mean, at least a generation. It's just, just weird attitude. Well, let's hear data to try to figure out what's going on with Worf. All right. Excuse me, Lieutenant. You seem to have lost the will to communicate with others. 
You have friends here. We, we care about you. Why, just recently, Jordy Wesley and I were saying, with all due respect, be gone. Sir. I think this was a successful comedic moment. I think that that Brent Spiner played it really well in that he's uh he's being he's basically doing an impression of what a caring person would do. I thought that was funny. And I think that uh, Dorn plays uh, the snapping at him pretty fun. Let's hear the uh encounter with Kyle and Troy. You like the scene, right? I do like the scene. I I'm happy to plow through this episode as quick as humanly possible because I'm very annoyed. We're deluding it. ourselves. Uh, let me guess, Betazoid. At your service. I have some lab work to do, if you'll excuse me. Uh, why do I get the feeling that this is a setup? He's got a ridiculous jumpsuit, by the way. you're intelligent, wise, and quite correct. Well, I've never been set up better, that's for sure. You're also very anxious about something. It's Will, isn't it? You're not as close to him as you'd like to be. Oh, I don't know. How much of that hair is a wig? We both have pretty good yeah, taste good in question. women, wouldn't know. you say? So he knows... I'd like to help you. ...about Will's relationship with her? I guess probably through Pulaski. Fine. What is it you want from me? I came here... But if he does know, then he was just hitting on a girl that his son was involved with. <laughs> uh, but he loves competition. So I don't feel to bury the hatchet with my son, only to find out that the ground was frozen solid. You don't seem to be the kind to give up so easily. I didn't say I was giving up. It would just be nice to get a little something from him. What is it you want from him? I don't know. Acknowledgement, maybe, or respect is earned, not bestowed. Respect. I don't need that from him. Perhaps you want him to be proud of you. You carry great pride in his accomplishments. Absolutely. Look at him. First officer of the Enterprise. Just been offered his first command. Yet you covet his success. Please. He'd be lucky to have the career I've had. True, you're well respected in your field. Mm, could do so I may much have something here. of a reputation for yeah. excellence. And false humility. Honesty is the trait he admires most. And you should honestly consider why you're so competitive with your own son. Competitive? Maybe in the past. But I've come here to help Will prepare for his first task as captain. Are you sure he'll accept such a dangerous assignment? He'll accept it just because it is dangerous. How can you be so sure? Because I would. And we aren't so different, Will and I. (laughs) Storms out. Weird statement. Um, I like how Troy is being handled in the scene. I feel like she should be handled this way more often, where she just... I just feel like you need to... Oh, she's not dancing around anything. Right. She's She's just saying, look, I know what you're thinking and I know what you're feeling, so let's just have the conversation. And I feel like there's too much weird politeness with her character that Mm -hmm. doesn't, most of the time, that just, like, slows it down and it's... She's not really clear on what they're feeling and it's just, like, 
use her as a, a battering ram to get to the point of the scene. Like in this scene. Have got a minute? The previous scene. Sure. Not this scene we're watching. I wanted to apologize for my remark in 10-forward. Your personal life is none of my business. Even if it involves your father? Even if it involves my father. Did he ever tell you why he never remarried? What woman would have him with an ego like that? I don't think she tells him. I would have, in a cold minute. Hasn't he inferred it? Twelve years ago, Kyle Riker was a civilian strategist advising Starfleet in its conflict with the Tholians. The starbase that he was operating from was attacked. None of the base crew is expected to live, and they all died. All except your father. Your father alone had the will to endure, to face the pain, to live. I never knew any of that about him. I've never seen a man fight so hard in all my life. I don't still don't know what this scene does. I guess it's supposed to give empathy for Riker toward his father, but... out of the question. He had other priorities. His career. So that, like, brings it back to what the issue is. Going out on the Aries. And all she says is, you should probably let it go. (laughs) Which addresses nothing. Act break. It's very love boaty music. Well, I mean, this is as love boaty as an episode of Star Trek gets. I gotta say, it doesn't bother me that it's like, let's really dig into the characters and let's see characters interact. I just feel like it's so... The Wesley thing in and of itself, just the Worf thing, they could have gotten to all the action in that like three beats quicker, story beats quicker. It's oh, crazy. It's so long, and it's like if you're gonna do that, then add a D plot where there's actual danger. So to they fill it out. out. They figure out that War, Wesley figures out that it's Worf's 10th anniversary of his personal his right of ascension ceremony. Mm-hmm. So they want to. He wants to figure out how to make him feel okay. Cultural database was very specific on the setting. Now let me guess: twenty piece orchestra, magnificent ballroom, everyone in formal wear. There was some unusual test of inner strength involved. Nobody gives it up for Jordy's joke. the use of Klingon pain sticks. Pain sticks. Sounds lovely. Enduring physical suffering is considered a Klingon spiritual test. I mean, in order for Worf to celebrate the anniversary of this ascension, he has to be hurt. And we have to witness this. We are his family. Are the pain sticks going to be okay? Come. By the way, don't you think they'd have to disengage these safety protocols in the holodeck with the pain sticks? Oh, good thinking. I'd be a fool to turn that promotion down, wouldn't I? I don't know. And if you're asking me what I think you should do, I don't know that either. I can't spell out for you, albeit crudely, what you're choosing between. He's looking at Livingston Picard. As the first officer of the Enterprise, you have a position of distinction, prestige even glamour of a sort. I think that was interesting. You are the second in command of Starfleet's the, flagship. They're like the Beatles of Starfleet. Second yeah. Command. Well, I mean, it's a tale as old as time, Andy. Would you like to stay an executive producer on the number three? Whatever two is. <laughs> <laughs> 
But it is like, you know, when you're in the late night world and they're like, oh, we're going to lock Colbert's coming out. And then you're like, well, do I want to leave the Tonight Show to go work? You know, right. I'm just trying to think of like some sort of similarity now. Like Veep has nine million Emmys. Yeah. If you were the number two on Veep and you were asked to go leave to start up your own show. Yeah. But it's uh, it's a show that stars, uh, I don't know. Uh... Janet Coleman. <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> no, they're like you could be you could be the number two on Veep, or you could go run a show that is starring Rob Schneider. Right, right. What would you do? Right, I'd stay. Well, I'd be the I'd be the I'd be the head over there. But right. yeah, you'd be an Overcome Theta, and uh, but I will say, if you could, if you had the power to make it what you wanted to make it. You know, you the don't. only problem is that Rob Schneider would have the power in that situation, so yeah. you wouldn't be able to do it. So, yeah, but uh, yeah, it's an interesting question, and I'm not sure what the answer would be. But I do like this follow-up comment that Picard makes. Your promotion will transfer you to a relatively insignificant ship in an obscure corner of the galaxy, but it will be your ship, and being who you are, it will soon be vibrant with your authority your style your vision your musk you know he makes a shush there really is no substitute for holding the reins he'd be so coy there that I really was, enjoy that I don't understand why he did that by the he's way he's saying he, li- he loves being captain he's basically saying the same thing you were just sort of saying he's like you know, it's really the best. I got to tell you something, and don't tell the other jerk-offs on the bridge, but I love being in control. I love saying engage. I love sitting in the captain chair. I, I thought he was going like this because, like, we're going to reveal that behind him, crouched under his desk, was his father. <laughs> Shh. Shh. Happy birthday. <laughs> um... So I really enjoy that. And I enjoy finding out that it's like, you know, these people, when they go to the, all the other starships, they're kind of swaggering around like, oh, you're on the repulse, huh? Oh, sorry, man. I like how... I'm on the Enterprise. I like how Jordy, uh, how O'Brien has nothing better to do. If I were not a consummate professional and an android, I would find this entire procedure insulting. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. He says thanks, Data, but he kind of, even though he said, if I wasn't an android, then I'd find it insulting because I have no emotions. He also says, if I wasn't a consummate professional. <laughs> so he's basically saying, you're not being chill, Jordy. Chief, would you be able to attend a little party for Lieutenant Worf at 1700 hours? Party for Worf? Sounds intriguing, yeah? I'd be delighted. It's a surprise. Oh. My lips are sealed be the most be the first of many parties for war he'll be at goodbye. especially I don't in deep like goodbyes. oh yeah how about so the way this is framed i think one of them is holodeck <laughs> it's been a pleasure What's working going on with, with those you, windows Commander? also the feeling is mutual counselor i'm supposed to know how everyone feels but i can't read you right now is it because perhaps your own feelings are getting in the way my job is to help others sort out their emotions. My own feelings are beside the point. Not to me. Our feelings are what make us all human. 
mostly better, Zoid. Are you feeling sad? She's half. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I am. So much. I thought this was delightful. It made me choke up a little bit. It's okay, Candy. I I, I think they'll 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 be serving together for a few more years. <laughs> I don't think so. I think he's leaving, Matt. Most of the Troy Riker this, stuff I'm not on board for, but I bought that. This is so dumb. This is dumb. That when they I decide to fight each other. The following is dumb. <laughs> I guess I'll play a little bit of it. You know, it's a shame there's no Anbo Jitsu ring nearby. Really? There is. Deck 12, gymnasium. We could clear the air once and for all. You're on. <laughs> more, more love boat music. Oh, God. Uh, I, you know, Worf does his right of ascension thing. I don't know. What I, what I, oh, I do like the scene of Troy leading Worf down the hallway. Food for trifling or games. Not today. I know what an important day this is for you. The anniversary of your right of ascension. You know about that? All your friends on board do. That is impossible. It is a secret known only to Klingons. And certain resourceful young ensigns. It is like the sauce on a Big Mac. It's Thousand <laughs> Island. You know that too? <laughs> what does he know about it? How Just dare he? <laughs> Where are we going? The holodeck. She is so flirty with him here. Well, you know. This is truly trying my patience, Counselor. Wouldn't I you think be? you will approve. You're not coming in? No. no that's not my scene, pal. Enjoy your sadomasochism. I got a, I got a sad tween on deck eight who's upset that her dad didn't replicate her a car. So it's this one? This is Tesh on the left? Tesh would be on the left, right? If that's what they're saying. They must have a close-up of him. I think they do. An ascension ceremony. Happy anniversary, Worf. Shall we begin? I am ready. Dajaj, so wishy, jee, miquich, so hungnis. Other words. Big tick tock. Klingon doesn't exist. Dajaj. Today. I am a warrior. I must show you my heart. I travel the river of blood. I gotta say the thing that. Uh, sorry, guys. Uh, these don't hurt. We're in a holodeck. Could you just? Could you figure that out? <laughs> I was really going for it there with my yelling, but. Lisa, uh, can you just turn it up a little bit? Just tweak it. Um. They, uh, I gotta say, they they jab at him and probably would be the most. It's like at his nipples, it's sort of just below his. That seems it like it'd be a very like painful spot, very, right? I would hate that. It's terrible. So after being poked a lot, yeah, uh, Worf gets very happy. Kind of seems like he's ejaculating here. Disagree. I think he's just happy. 
Thank you for watching me. Used to the sightless factor. Oh, wait, you gotta just, just have the, the initial thing that he says hey. in that scene. I'm just glad that... This is my, one of my favorite scenes that has been in Star Trek this Used far. to the sightless factor. Is it really? All right, it's here we go. It's so terrible. What's... I remember my early lesson. Blind. You can never get used to the sightless factor. Sorry. I just love this. The sightless factor. I hope they don't injure each other. Troy looks upset. She's worried. And Bojitsu. The ultimate evolution in the martial arts. <laughs> the fact that he I remember that. my early lesson. Grand you can never get used to the sightless factor. The most ridiculous costumes that True. have ever been on this but show. I've had 15 years to practice. Well, let's see if you've learned anything. I want helmets that I can't see, and they look kind of like crappy Tron knockoffs. You tell Frakes didn't learn the Japanese for that one. These are very similar to the pain sticks, also, by the way. I mean, I think that's the, the, the sort of duality they were looking for, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think they're really crafting these episodes with a care during a season two where a writer strike is uh, looming. <laughs> they're showing each other their heart. Hey, by the way, this is a bottle episode, isn't it? You know, I was thinking that, and then I was like, well, they have this set. They don't go to a planet. So yeah, that the bottle essentially the means when they don't leave the one place. Anyway, there's nothing. We don't here. Need to they don't even actually thing. work it out. The fight? No, they don't even actually work out their relationship. No, well that's what's crazy. Is it basically kind of? Been the one to die, not her. It's so dark that he says that, and then he find out. That she he died when she died when he was like basically a baby. Yeah, I don't know. It's just and then she's he says it's basically where is it? It's because because it, you didn't know her. she was my wife. Right, you didn't know her. she was my I wife. Did the best I could. Thirteen years. You're the only enough. thing that kept me going. First yeah. he says I, I hung yeah. it in for thirteen years, and then it was like you're the only thing that kept me going. It's just like what the hell are you talking about? She was your mother, but she was my wife. And when she died, all that kept me going was you. Then why was you had a strange way of showing sticking around a problem? I came here thinking we could talk this out. Or maybe you're right. Maybe I am no father, and you're no son. And this fight is all we have left. <laughs> so dumb looking. To me, this scene is the Spock's brain. This is the low point to a hilarious effect. And then we find what is it. it now? You can't do that. What? Hachi Don Karitsu, it's illegal. You're kidding. All these years. That's why I never won. You were cheating. <sighs> this is a weird turn. It worked, didn't it? Kept you coming back for more. Incredible. You cheated me. How'd you get away with it? You were just a kid. 
By the time you were 12 years old, I knew I couldn't take it, but I had to keep you interested. I had to keep you challenged, didn't I? Couldn't take your 12-year-old son. I hated you for that. Damn it, Will. You were barely out of diapers when she died. You hardly knew her. I'd loved her. It's like they wrote a bunch of disparate thoughts. A bunch of different father-son relationships. It's like every writer in the room wrote down their problem with their father. And they threw it in one script. What was your problem with your father? Well, you know, he always was like glad handing everyone whenever we would go to a yeah, restaurant that's good that's good we're I putting that in so annoying that's well, great what was your problem well you know sometimes uh we would talk about my mother and he would say listen you you uh you shouldn't have missed her as much as me i, I knew her longer yeah that's good too i'm putting that in i'm putting that in I want every father and son relationship in this one scene. Uh, uh, my oh, dad, wait. my dad worked a lot. I love you, son. <laughs> and then it ends with, and then, it <laughs> well, my dad loved me. I've got to get back to uh, the starbase. It's gonna take me two and a half hours to get out of this outfit. Hey, uh, can that Chief O'Brien yours just beam this off of me? Be careful now. Okay. Be careful. Can we do a site-to-site transport, leave the clothes here, and beam me to Pulaski's quarters? Ugh. <laughs> Ugh, that, that is the craziest scene ever. Just from just all around. From costumes to set design to the interaction of the father and the son. It's so very stupid. And, uh, you know, I'm sorry to bump into this here, but uh, let's just see what Riker's uh, final decision is here. One. Captain, with your permission, I've decided to stay on board the Enterprise. Oh, well, look forward to hearing why. How did you arrive at that conclusion, Drop. number one? Thank you, sir. No, we'll cover that never. Take us out of orbit, Ensign Crusher. Breaking synchronous orbit, sir. Set course for Beta Kupsik. That is still our destination. Velocity, warp factor five. Course and speed set, sir. Any particular reason for this change of heart? Oh, can't wait to hear this. Motivated self-interest. What does that mean? Right now, the best place for me to be is here. That doesn't mean anything. Engage. (laughs) So we don't even find out what the deal is. Everything's pushed off. Um, we don't, there's no real like the only resolution with the father is the idea that they've said I'm so, you know it's I'm sorry a, it's so dumb it's really not not a good episode and then the the this the anonymous anomalies in the readouts is never never covered n- never it's just like oh yeah well I guess data was right all right Andy uh all right, buddy. I guess it's time to MVC this? Yeah. What does that even mean? Why are we MVCing this? I don't know. Don't we have to choose the most valuable? Yeah, sure. Here, I got it. Finally. In the fastness of space, when the going gets rough, you gave it your all. You showed the right stuff. You managed to not blow the ship to smithereens. Well, I gotta say, in this episode of 
total utter meaninglessness. <laughs> the most valuable crew member is Wesley. I'm gonna go half and half on this. Okay, Wesley mm-hmm. and Troy. Oh yeah, I guess yeah, I guess Troy. They're the fixers. Troy is the one who confronted the father. It is an utterly meaningless episode. It has nothing to do with anything. Um, I, I mean, would like to pull up the trailer for next week so we can see how much garbage uh, the garbage trailer for next week's garbage episode. We're in a real. We're in a rut. <laughs> we're in a real rut. Of, well, what uh, would that trek. be called in trek terms? Uh, we've hit a. Uh, what is it called? It's a. Um, I pulled the engines off for some reason, guys. I'm gonna. There's fire. a problem. I'm gonna fire the engines back up. I'm. What's sorry. happening? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, it's like a quantum fissure, you know, something in space that has no. It, well, you'll see. You'll see. Anyway, uh, the NBC, of course, uh, Troy and. Uh, Wesley and Wesley. That's how, that's what I think. And what do you think, Andy? Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, even Picard is sort of just out of action. Doesn't do anything. <laughs> I kind of want to give it to O'Brien for just staying out of the the fray. Part of me wanted to give it to the guy, the the guy who did transport the guy <laughs> over because like there would be no story thing. without sure. that guy. That's true. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Next week's episode is Pen Pals, but before we do that, we have to give oh, yeah. this episode some Andes. Andy, fire up the old Andes theme. The Andes. Or some other method of ranking. We're working on it. All right. It's uh, a tough one. We just, we just gave one and a half. I'll give this a two. I was not as angry at this one. I enjoy I enjoy that they were attempting to dig into character. I enjoy that they kind of touched on an interesting direction with Worf and did their I don't know if they did their best. I don't know. It feels like nobody was paying attention to this episode, but it sort of culminated in something with him. I like the scene with Troy and and Riker even though I accept that it's it was absurd and I'm just in a weird place. Um and uh, and I like the stuff with uh, Picard, so I'm gonna give it a two point five. Wow, a whole half more than me. Yes. Well, Andy, cue up the trailer for Pen Pals. Oops, I'm hitting the wrong thing. No, hit the view trailer. Let's see. This is not a great one, if I remember correctly. Next time on Star Trek: The Next Generation. Captain, permission to beam down to Drama 4. Data struggles to rescue an alien friend from a dying planet. You cannot survive in this. While the crew conducts a dangerous experiment to stop its destruction. Data, you've got ten minutes. That's it. Firing torpedoes. Can they save the doomed planet before it's too late? What are we going to do? Find out on Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) That one looks very troubling. (laughs) It's a real old boy. Uh, Yeah, pen pals. I believe that that, the person playing the uh, pen pal lady is is Nikki Cox. Really? From, uh, yes, she plays Serenka. Wow. Uh, Just want to go 
back over here, Andy, real quick. Sorry. Thanks for being a pal and let me use your computer while my computer at work didn't work. Certainly. Sorry if I interfered uh, there. No, not at all. You're just doing. You're just doing what you do. Overall, how do you feel about season two so far, Andy? We're we're about the halfway point now. We're heading into the back. You know, there have been glimmers. There's been Measure Man. There's been a couple of things. Contagion, I loved. Uh, so you know, I can see where it's going. I can see it's it's there. And I also feel like, even though this is, was clearly, I would say, a failure on a whole, this episode, I can see them starting to kind of find their way into how these characters interact and work as a unit. Yeah. Um, and even things like the moment with Data and, and Worf where he tries to help help him and it's comedic. It's like, oh, okay, that's where it would go. So if you add a great, well-developed, well-delivered plot to it, yeah. then that has potential. But uh, right now, this is I just don't even – like this is season two and it's – we just had an episode like that. It's crazy. Are you like right now? Like, how did it go five more years? Uh, well, I mean, how did it go five more years in four movies? <laughs> not knowing, you know. Pretend you don't know anything about. Th- there's no. I would just been. Oh, this thing's gonna be. I, first of all, I absolutely stand by my original decision to quit on this show. <laughs> and uh, we'll see. You were right. You know, you I, right. I know that it gets better. So, but yeah. uh, it's crazy. It's terrible. Yeah. Let's get out of here. Okay. Disengage.